Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Got Pop Popular Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Trotta, together with... Human Sadri, your co-host. And today, we're doing something very different from anything we've done before. We're going to be presenting a live broadcast of what we did at the Science Festival in Gothenburg. This was recorded on April 4th. Yep. Uh, we had a morning slot, uh, and we were talking to a group of people in the mall <laughs> in uh, in Gothenburg. It wasn't a huge crowd, but they were enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh, and we got to talk a little bit about what we're doing with the podcast and, and how we view uh, critical thinking skills and how important it is to uh, understand and, and exploit the medium of podcasting. And we also got into a little bit about what are the different dangers and what are the different problems with podcasting. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, one thing to keep in mind with this particular podcast is that the sound quality is not the same as you were, should be used to or would be used to. Uh, we didn't have the recording equipment that we would ordinarily have. Yeah, and upsettingly, spoiler alert: not one person yelled for Freebird. Not, not at not, all. Not I was so all. surprised, but yeah. they did have their lighters out, and they were definitely that's true. Wanted us to continue. So, uh, please uh, listen to this podcast. At the end, we'll have a couple of concluding words, and we'll be back with our regular podcasts uh, according to our ordinary schedule in the next two weeks. Yeah. Hey, och varmt välkomna till Vetenskapsfestivalens andra dag. Idag ska vi föra mycket om havet, om AI och lite om spel. Men allra först så ska vi höra på podcasten Big Ideas Tiny Budget med Joe Trotta och Roman Sandri. Och de jobbar på Göteborgs universitet på institutionen för språk och litteratur. Välkomna! Tack så mycket! Tack! Tack! Uh, we will start off by saying a little bit about ourselves. Uh, my name is Joe Trotta. We're going to be doing this presentation in English. I hope uh, that's okay. Both of us speak Swedish, so if you want to interrupt us with a question or something like that, you can, uh, you can do it in Swedish if you feel like it. Uh, I'm an American. I've been living in Sweden for a long time. And a short answer to the question, why did I move here? The weather, of course. That was the main reason. Uh, my name is Roman Sadri, I'm English originally, and I've been living here not nearly as long as Joe, and uh, I also moved here for the weather, obviously. Yes, that's, that's the only reason. Um, so we're here today to talk about uh, our podcast, which we use as uh, an outlet for the research we do. Um, at our department and at universities in Sweden, I don't know if you know this, but we have in our budget something called Tredje Uppgift, which is really public outreach. And this is our way of doing public outreach and also getting interesting speakers to come in, we record them, and we make those recordings available through our podcast. So we're here to talk a little bit about podcasting yeah. and what we're doing with it, okay? And we're just gonna bounce back and forth. We have a fairly informal style here, so uh, don't be shy. Also, if you want to tweet us a question, uh, Human is going to take uh, care of the Twitter feed if we remember to look at it. Yep, if we uh, and if you want to tweet us a question in the middle of the podcast, at the beginning of the podcast, at the end, tomorrow, next week, you can you can tweet us a question. Yeah. We also have a Facebook page, God Pop, if you can ask us a question. And we have some uh, business cards here if you want the, um, the uh, website addresses and things like that, how you can get in touch with us. They can be handed out if you're interested in that. So, what are we doing here today? Uh, what do we want to talk about? Well, we're going to start off with some preliminaries about podcasting. And I'm, I'm going to have to assume that most of you know what a podcast is. I don't think we have enough time to go into all sorts of details about the history of podcasting and what it is. But 
Are we okay with that? Everybody have a rough idea of what a podcast is? Good, good, good. And you're listening to our podcast, which is even better. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, uh, why we podcast, and is podcasting a good way for researchers to communicate their research? This is, uh, after all, the Science Festival, and we're here to talk about science and the, res the results of research. Then we're going to talk a little bit about popular culture, why we think it's important, and, um, uh, oh, we're switching sides. Well, okay, sorry, yeah, maybe it makes more sense. Holding off the stage. <laughs> We thought instead of talking about podcasting, we're going to do a modern dance interpretation yeah. of how po podcasts would work. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about fake news and the potential dangers of podcasting because it is uh, an easy way to get information out to people uh, and there is a danger that it could be misused. So, preliminaries. Why is podcasting so popular right now? What do you think, Human? Why is podcasting so popular? Well, I think the easy answer to that is it's outreach, which is kind of what we're doing in this. Uh, but it's outreach, it's a way to disseminate ideas and to have conversations with people that normally, before podcasting, it would have been easy, harder for, to reach people that way. I mean, not everyone comes to lectures, not everyone is signed up to uh, a university course. Also, publishing or blogging doesn't have the reach that people, that people talking into your ear or, or into your phone or into your whatever device has. So we, we Hopefully something with an ear on it. Well, yeah. oh, something with an ear on it. Yes, okay. um, so it's that. It's a way of talking to people and getting your ideas to people or sharing thoughts with people that you wouldn't normally have had the opportunity to do before, I think. Yeah, and there are actually two sides to this because there are reasons why it's popular in terms of the people who produce the podcasts. And that's partly what Human was talking about. Uh, for us, it's the perfect format. Mm. There's also uh, a lot to be said about it in terms of people who listen. Uh, podcasting is a way of taking in information. I think people love to learn things. And when you listen to a podcast, you're not cognitively tied up like I am right now. You're not cognitively tied up to something. If you're watching a YouTube video or a television show, you're busy with that. But if you're listening to a podcast, you can make food, you can do the dishes, you can paint, you can do all sorts of things. Uh, and it makes it uh, drive your car. There are lots of uh, times when you can listen to a podcast and take in something. So there are lots of reasons why it's popular. Another thing is that it provides a certain sense of authenticity. There are other voices in podcasting that you don't get through ordinary broadcast media. Absolutely. Uh, is podcasting the future? What do you think, Human? I think that that's kind of a loaded question. What is the future? I mean, podcast is certainly, podcast is certainly the present. And uh, it's very hard to sort of predict where things are going to go and how things are going to be in the future. At the moment, it certainly looks like a possible route for this type of communication. Mm. And as we say, it's gone from strength to strength and it's more yes. and more popular. The future itself, I think that's difficult. Yeah. Uh, it has grown and that's both good and bad. Uh, they've done, re I just, I have a nice um, informatic on the Twitter feed uh, that shows the latest statistics. And uh, at this point in time, in America at least, uh, more than 64% of the people they asked knew what a podcast was which 10 years ago, that would not have been the case. So people, yeah. even, they know what it is, they know how to look for it. So it is growing and it is becoming the future and it's becoming the, f I, I think it's going to be even bigger, uh, but that's not necessarily always a good thing. No. Uh, and I think we've already asked the next question, has it peaked or is it still growing? I think it's still growing. Yeah. Who podcasts and why? Me. Human podcasts. <laughs> he has two podcasts. It's the one that he does late at night, sing alone. <laughs> I podcast, and why? Because you asked me to. Yes. But 
in, in real life, the answer is pretty much everyone now. I mean, there are an awful lot of different categories. And if you look later on, there's some, we might have an infographic up, which will put forward five different categories, the most popular categories, and they're really broad. I mean, if you say society and culture, that could be anything from, I don't know. True uh, crime. True crime. Talking true, about movies. Well, exactly. Talking about knitting. Uh, talking about talking. Well, talking about talking, isn't that what we do? That's what we do, yeah. Um, so, the answer is everybody, really. Everybody has the possibility to do it. I mean, a, a podcast doesn't even have to be professionally produced. You can record it on your phone, and then so long as you have an internet connection, you can put it out into the ether. There's no guarantee anyone's going to listen, but you can still do it that way. Yeah, that's... Um that's one of the things, we get back to this idea of why it's so popular, it's easy to produce. Uh, before now, before this period in history, there was no way for unmoneyed people to spread art and their ideas, right? Now with YouTube and um, uh, podcasting, it's a grassroots thing. More and more people have the opportunity to do it. And I don't know if we could say why, because there are many different reasons why, as there are people who do it. In the infographic, only on, app, on Apple alone, Apple iTunes and podcasts, there are 550,000 podcasts. There are 18.5 million episodes of podcasts on iTunes. That's not including the other ones that are not iTunes, so it's very big. Yeah. Because also a lot of other uh, podcast uh, providers have it. Spotify, for example, has Spotify-exclusive podcasts. I don't know about uh, any of the others, but I know that Spotify are very much getting in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's not counting them, that's not counting Pocket Casts. No, there are lots of players on the market these days, and we're actually, hopefully, if we have enough time, we're going to say a few words about that yeah. at the end. Uh, uh, but that's only iTunes. But iTunes, I think, they're, they're by far the biggest provider of podcasts. And if you, if you like us, <laughs> please go to iTunes and write a nice review uh, of our podcast. But listen to the podcasts first. Yeah. Uh, so what are the advantages of podcasting? Again, we're back to the split between the listener and the producer. It's cheap, it's easy, you don't need that much equipment. Uh, if you take the time to do editing, there are free programs to do editing. There are lots of reasons why it's good for people who want to produce podcasts. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's easier and less um, anxiety-inducing uh, to make a podcast than it is to write a blog. Because a blog is more static, people will read it. You can relax more in the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the, the, the advantage also of podcasts is that people, as I said before, are more happy to listen than they always are to read. Yeah. Uh, it's You can still take in the information, but it's more passive. I mean, I, for instance, like to listen to podcasts while I'm cooking. Uh, I'm still taking in the information, but you can't really do do that with, with a blog. No, no, no. And and so from both the point of view of the, of the producer and the listener, it is a little bit, it is actually a bit easier. It's very natural. It's a very natural way of getting information across. What could be more natural than talking to someone? Um, so uh, because we don't have that much time, we're going to have to leave these questions here, but um, we're going to go on now to why we're podcasting. And I think we can say more about that because yeah. it's us, right? Yeah, exactly. So why do we podcast? What's our podcast about? Well, our podcast is very much tied up in a lot of the research and the work that we do at uh, the Department of Languages and Literatures at the University of Gothenburg. Uh, Joe is uh, an associate professor of uh, English language. 
I'm a teacher and doctoral student in English literature, but all of our work is tied up in popular culture. Yes. And as we're going to discuss a little bit later, that is actually a very fertile and interesting um, ground for research and for work. And so this is our outreach. This is our way of talking about the matters that we find interesting to a wider public outside of the halls of academia, but in a way that is actually approachable and fun for the people listening. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when you think about academics, when you think about university, and I think this is an unfair rap, but still, you get the idea that it's quite dry. And we try not to do that. We try to approach our ideas and the things which interest us with a fun and approachable uh, approach, I guess. Yes, approachable approach. approachable approach. Yeah, we want to keep it open for anybody uh, uh, because it's everything we do should be research-based. Obviously, we're trying to put out podcasts every other week, which means that we can't always have something with, depth, with the type of depth we would like to have. But that we we feel like we're so well acquainted with the, the area of popular culture that we can still put out episodes. But our goal is always to put out something that's research-based stuff. Speakers that we've had to come in to, to give seminars. Now, uh, if, at an ordinary seminar at our department, I don't know if I should say this because the Swedish taxpayers might not like this, but <laughs> seminars do not draw big crowds. We give a seminar and maybe we're lucky if we get 10 people. Yeah. Uh, we had Jens Lapidus, Lapidus. Jens Lapidus, yeah. Jens Lapidus, sorry, you know, fast cash. We only half filled the auditorium with somebody like that. Yeah, we had 48 people. 48 people out of 100. This is a best-selling author. Yeah. Uh, and it was well advertised. But our podcast uh, has been downloaded, this is all the episodes together, around 20,000 times, which means that it's a bigger outreach. We're reaching a lot more people. I feel like we're doing more justice to the type of research we do by spreading the information this way. And of course, not just in Sweden. One of the episodes we did uh, a few months ago was in direct answer to a high school student in Australia who asked us questions about, uh, to do with a project that she was doing, and she had been listening, her teacher had been listening to the podcast and pointed her in our direction. And that's kind of outreach that we couldn't have hoped to have done, to have had without this um, this forum, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's another thing, we didn't mention this in the advantages, but it is a worldwide network. I mean, if, if in the old days, if you say you might say, yourself, what's the difference between this and public radio? Well, public radio, you've got to go through a bunch of different barriers to get on public radio. There's an editing process. There's a board of people. It's it's maybe only sent, uh, you know, broadcast to a certain area. Podcast, anybody on the planet can listen to a podcast if you have a connection to the internet. So I think we actually may have more downloads in America than we do in Sweden. We have a lot of downloads in Sweden, but we have I think we have more in the states. Would you say so? Come on. Definitely more in the States. Um, quite a few in the UK, from what I can tell. Some in the UK, so, and yeah. so we have it, it's spread around. So it's a good way of getting this information out there. Now, is this a good way to communicate research? Well, I think so, obviously. I, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. But it does. it's a good way because, it, as, uh, as we say, the outreach means that it can be a dialogue as well. So we can not only have sort of one-to-ones with people in email us and message us, but people uh, want to come to us with their research and want to pay attention to our research, and so it becomes a much bigger way of, of creating a network and creating a web. Now, we don't want to present this uncritically. A lot of our colleagues, and I'm sorry to say that uh, I'm probably one of the younger people in our department, you're, you're younger than me, 
and that is a very sad <laughs> indication of what's going on uh, at the university now. They're very skeptical of this. You know, yeah. for them, it has to be knowledge is only gained through suffering. You know, and uh, you have to sit in a room and you have to be there, and, and that's the only way. To, well, that's one way. Yeah. Certainly, there's an immediacy to that. If somebody's in the room giving a talk, you can ask them questions. There's a different type of contact. But, like I said, we're only getting maybe 10 people. Nobody has the time to do these things. Or, or we're living this kind of postmodern, saturated life where uh, there isn't a, uh, you couldn't get in another appointment with a shoehorn if you wanted to. But this you can listen to when you want to. It's research-based. If you're interested in any of these questions, it's accessible. And that's what most things. Academia itself is a, a living, breathing entity. It has to change. It has to evolve with the times. I'm old school enough that I like teaching to a classroom, but I'm also very aware that it's that's not the wave of the future. Um, the university, in common with most universities in Sweden, are trying to outreach and have um, online courses as far as they go. And so this is a really fantastic extension of that. And also we can and have set episodes of this podcast as uh, compulsory reading or text. Uh, for uh, our culture, a course. Absolutely. We have a culture course because we, we realized, or the, the uh, wiser people who preceded us realized that it's hard to study a language without saying something about the culture of that language. People often will learn a language because they're interested in the culture associated with that language. And that actually brings us to the next point. Since our research, I mean, this is the science fair, you're going to be listening to a lot of people who are interested in the STEM subjects, you know, and also economists and people who do chemistry and technology, and you think, might think to yourself, well, popular culture, that's not science, what the hell is that? But we think it is. Yeah. Right? Do you think it's worthwhile looking at popular culture? Well, on. evidently. But uh, in a way, what we have to do is work out what popular culture means. What is popular culture? Now, we only have 40 minutes. Uh, so that, yeah. we don't propose to go through all of the different definitions of what popular culture is here and now. However, we direct you to our podcast, the first ever episode of which is exactly that, a definition, six definitions of popular culture and why it is that we should be looking at this as an academic subject, why it's important. Yeah, um, and that, there's much more depth there. Uh, but I can ask you now, um, how many of you... Um, know what a typical American family does on Thanksgiving, if you could describe kind of what they do. You don't have to tell me, but do you think you know? Most of you seem to know, okay. How many of you have ever spent a Thanksgiving with an American family? One person. Yeah. So how did you know, how do you know about this, these traditions and customs of Americans on this very strange day where they're thanking the Indians for being so kind to be killed and slaughtered by the white Europeans? Uh, what? Uh, how do you know about these things? You've seen it on television, you've heard it on the radio, there are songs about these things, you've heard it through popular culture. This is one tiny example of how we take in information all the time through popular culture. Now if you're watching a documentary about uh, some country or you're reading a book about something, I think you have your critical guard up in a different way. But if you're just taking in information through the background like that, you're much less likely to be critical of it. Right? And that's why popular culture is so important. It's around us all the time. You couldn't avoid it if you wanted to. You'd have to live in a cave to avoid popular culture because it is everywhere. Yeah. This is popular culture. A mall is popular culture. Uh, television, film, there are channels, there are different uh, po podcasts are popular culture. So we can't avoid it. So why not try to understand what it's doing with us? And 
what kind of trends are out there and why these trends are now. Why are there so many zombie movies right now? Why are zombies so popular right now? We have an expert on zombies at our department. Yeah. Mainly because there are a lot of zombies at our department as well. But uh, <laughs> she has written about zombies and, and language with zombies. Why so much? Well, I mean, a lot of um, speculative fiction, science fiction, is a reflection of social anxieties, right? So in the 20s, you had industrialization, which was about the fear of robots. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and machines taking over jobs. Then you have like the fear of communism in the 50s with movies like um, uh, Them and Invasion and, and, and of the Body, snatchers. body snatchers and things like that. Then you have fear of pandemics, you have fear of climate. All of these things manifest themselves through popular culture, right? It's not a coincidence. I'm not going to tell you what zombies are all about because you have to listen to the podcast to find, to find out the answer to that. We question. have two episodes. We have two episodes about <laughs> zombies. So it is super, super important. Things we know about, not, not just about different cultures, but about gender, about ethnicity, about religions. Yep. It comes through us every day in this way that we hardly even consider. And not just that, it also comes, um, comes to us as far as the dominant ideology in which we all live, which has no definition. Nobody can actually define what the dominant ideology is, but popular culture underpins it. It's the way in which we live our life more so than almost any other subject that you would study at university. Mm. And it's, 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 it's interesting because it's an area of struggle. Yeah. Because at the same time as we have these big companies or movie com movie uh, production houses that have these you know board meetings about what kind of movies they're going to make, we also have now the internet and YouTube and podcasts. It's an area of struggle between the dominant ideology and authentic voices and people with other ways of looking at things. Absolutely. Now, but when we, um, again, we're not going to define the dominant ideology, but one thing you might want to consider, where do you, where does most of the popular culture you listen to or watch or whatever, where does it come from? Who produces it? Who produces it? What part of the world? Do those people maybe have a vested interest in presenting people in a certain way or presenting gender in a certain way? Most of it is American or English, British, right? Uh, and Obviously, you're not going to get a balanced view of many, many things. No. And it's, I'm not saying all of it is insidious or intentionally malicious, but if certain ideas get into this loop in a particular society, they tend to get repeated. What do you, those of you uh, who have traveled abroad, what do people outside of Sweden think of Sweden? Do they think Swedes are all blonde haired, blue eyed? All the women are sexually liberated. They're just running around looking for someone to, to mate with on vacation. Where does the ideas, ideas come from? Who knows? I have an idea, but um, the fact is that it gets perpetuated through popular culture. And of course, it's important to remember that all speech uh, of which any text that you may want to look at, be it academic or otherwise, all speech, all texts are political, um, simply because somebody created them, and somebody's own personal beliefs and politics are going to go into it. So the creation of a discourse is always political, and that's what the study of popular culture teaches us to, um, it's the way it teaches us to ride, essentially. Yes, yeah. Um, so I think we can make a good argument why this deserves academic attention. Again, at our department, it isn't always so obvious. We managed to get this profile together, and at our department, people are realizing that this is a good way not only of doing research in so many different things, you can do literature, you can do linguistics. I've written a couple of articles about language and popular culture. How do you create a linguistic identity for a mafia boss? How do you create uh, African-American speech on a program like The Wire? These things are not done by accident. 
but it's also interdisciplinary and it's got a lot of cross sectionality mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. But not everybody in our department is convinced about this. They think we should be doing stuff that's only about uh, strictly linguistics or strictly literature. And they're not sure, they don't necessarily see all the advantages of this crossover. But I think we're doing uh, yeah. what we can. Yeah, and people are starting to come around, I think. Yeah. Um, to paint it completely black. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, there are, and, and we wouldn't be, we wouldn't exist, we wouldn't be here now if, the, if our department didn't think this was worthwhile. So we do have some support. Now, you may ask, in this, since we have this short amount of time here, uh, when something is so simple and cheap and potentially far-reaching, couldn't that be dangerous? Uh, we know today that uh, if Fox News didn't exist, maybe the Trump administration would not exist either. The Fox News uh, cycle is one that repeats the narrative that the Trump administration wants to produce, right? Uh, isn't the uh, potential for an echo chamber where people are only listening to podcasts that reinforce what they already think, isn't that a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. It has to be a possibility. So the question is, does that make what we're doing dangerous? And if it does make what we're doing dangerous, how do we uh, negate or ride the danger. Yeah. Uh, there's always danger in all of this kind of stuff. I mean, anything, YouTube or whatever. Back in the old days, people could self-publish books. And some of those books, even though they're banned, they're still out there. Yeah. Uh, I won't say the names of them. Uh, but you can't cut off your nose to spite your face. Uh, the fact that there are echo chambers out there, there are people who will only listen to their conservative media or only to their liberal media. Um, it's unfortunate. but. I think that podcasting opens up other possibilities. When you're watching stuff on Fox News or CNN, these are very prestigious uh, channels of information. People put a lot of time and effort into it. Nobody, uh, like on Stephen Colbert's show, is going to suddenly flip around and start presenting the views of the conservatives, right? But if you, if you have podcasts that are produced uh, in a genuine fashion with authentic voices, you may hear different sides of the story, maybe a more balanced view. Wouldn't you like to hear maybe more about I keep talking about Trump, I'm sorry, my students are tired of this too. I only talk about Trump and hamburgers all the time, or <laughs> hamburgers. Uh, but um, wouldn't it be nice to like hear someone who is reasonable talk a little bit about why they voted for Trump? What was it? Why they still support him? Instead of this like caricature of someone. Same thing about voices from the Middle East. Whenever something goes on, especially growing up in the States, something goes on, a bomb explodes, who do they talk to? They don't talk to some educated university professor who's going to give you a balanced view. They talk to some snaggletoothed uh, you know, hillbilly on the street who's like, you know, you can find in any country who's screaming and, and uh, you, know, just, you know, crazy things, right? So it, it, podcasting, I think, offers a possibility to get these authentic voices. But it also it goes back to what I was saying about all texts being political. Essentially, what you have to do, and what podcasting encourages us to do, is to listen to what's being presented with an educated ear, to be able to essentially cut through and see what's actually being said, yeah. and not just take things at face value, because essentially that's the only way to create a proper critical discourse, to be aware that whatever your political views are, you're probably living in, uh, in an echo chamber. Because we only want to really, I mean, who has time to listen to views that we think are crazy? Well, sometimes it's important to do that. And of course, there are time limitations on any broadcast network. You're not going to get the full story. You're going to get like a five-second snippet of some building burning or somebody screaming or something like that. With a podcast, there's more time. 
Yeah. Uh, and it also has opened the door for people to investigate things or question things in a way on a public forum that wasn't possible before. Look at the podcast Serial, yeah. which opened up the case of Adnan uh, uh, Sayed. Sayed. Uh, and it turns out that maybe he wasn't guilty. Uh, and they've even made a, 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 a television show about this now. Yeah. Um, so there's, there is a possibility that fake news and these kind of things can permeate and be spread through, through podcasting. But it's also a way to en enhance critical thinking skills. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I know of a podcast where people do talk about fake news and how to avoid it and what to do. <laughs> uh, I think I know there are two episodes of that. I won't say yes. what the name of that podcast is. You could probably guess. You might be able to guess what it is. But um, we try to, I mean, we live in a digital world these days and your children um, and the generation after them are going to be growing up in this storm of um, information. Yeah. They are not going to have the same skills that we have, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just different. I think it's great if you have analytical ability, you have the patience and time to read. It's a certain cognitive um, skill to have. But forcing students to like just remember things for the sake of remembering stuff, they themselves see that that's ridiculous. I can just look it up on my phone. But what they need are the analytical skills to know how to contextualize this information. What does it mean? Uh, how do I how do I fit this in with other bits of information? And I think podcasting can help them yeah. uh, if they are instructed on what to do. Right now, I know from my own students, often what they do is they'll scan the internet. They're not really reading things critically. They're not interrogating it. They're not looking for alternative explanations for things. They're scanning, looking for something that maybe they already recognize, which is dangerous. That's how you get that loop. They have to know how to be more critical of the things. Yeah. They also don't understand that many of the stories that they see today on the news are repetitions of the same story. We have like Reuters and AP. They're like news agencies that disseminate stories. And then these different these different news agencies, they don't have the money to have all these editors and reporters, right? So that they will buy up these stories and rewrite them for their own audience. So lot of students don't realize, oh, I've seen this in 10 different places. Yeah, but it's the same story, yeah. the same source. And often worded in exactly the same way. Pretty much, you can see it. Yeah. It's pretty much uh, obvious from, from, uh, from how it's written. Uh, I just want to check the time here for a second. All right, I think we're still good. Um, so, I think we've kind of covered that. Um, I don't think the answer is to stop podcasting or stop the grassroots movements. Uh, I think the answer is to maybe um, encourage people to listen to podcasts that uh, take on these questions. I don't know if you guys have any questions. Have any, has anybody tweeted us? No one has. No, no one has tweeted us. Oh my God. What's wrong with you people? You're reading too many books. <laughs> you should be out there tweeting all day long. Okay. Um, so let's go on to the next thing. This is one super big danger. Uh, maybe not so much for our, our podcast because we try to make it research-based. We do try to invite different voices. We're not always just asking people to come in who agree with us about things. Uh, but that's one danger. I think both of us see this as the bigger danger. Yeah, very much so. Uh, what you might not realize is that uh, your time on the internet and in all these other digital uh, channels, it's about attention. And people who want to sell you things want to buy your attention. Why do you think you have these ads on the internet like, you know, uh, 17 things that uh, um, Ariana Grande didn't know about uh, whatever. Yeah. And, it's, and you have to click through every click single one every of them because each one of them has a different advert attached to it. It's called clickbait. It's clickbait. Why do they do that? 
they want to be able to measure how much time you're spending on these sites. Yeah. Whenever you go into an advertising, all there are these metrics. They're they're judging, looking, and trying to figure out how they can use this all the time. It's um, I was going to call this the danger of uh, late modern capitalism, and I thought maybe it would sound a little too radical, but it is. I mean, um, standing in a shopping mall. <laughs> in a shopping mall. Oh my God, we'll be thrown out. Um, but there's a danger there. Uh, and so your attention is valuable to them. It's something marketable. Why do you think like a seven-year-old who opens up packages uh, in front of, for a YouTube channel can make $12 million in a year? Because people are watching that YouTube channel and they know that's a good place to put their ads. They're, they're spending money to put ads on that channel and they're, they're, they're streamlining the ads for people who might watch this kind of thing. So uh, what I'm afraid of I think Huma is afraid of it too. Very much so. It's like right now the uh, podcasting field is kind of like the Wild West, right? Anybody can go out there and do it. It's easy enough. It's pretty cheap. You get your place where you're going to park your podcasts. You put them. Uh, you get some place that's going to distribute them, um, and then it's out there. What happens when these big media companies decide, hey, why don't we buy up this market? We'll present everything in a nice, neat little package like Netflix. Yeah. Right? Look what happened to small stores when the malls opened up. Look what happened to the malls when Amazon opened up. People like convenience. And how are they going to choose their podcasts? Well, they're going to choose their podcasts maybe the same way they choose their Netflix, by recommendations from Netflix. Right? Let's, let's just say for some reason Jeff Bezos decides to buy up all the outlets for podcasts or the, most, uh, or the biggest ones because he wants to use this to market things. The, the recommendations you're going to get are the recommendations they give you, and they're going to be based on sales. What's going to happen to the authentic voices? What's going to happen to the alternative voices? What's going to happen to the research that we want to communicate to you? Right? It's going to be much more um, entertainment-based. And of course, the other problem is, I mean, if you go onto your podcast catcher, uh, every single one of them will have a little list of podcast networks. Uh, so, for instance, you'll have The Incomparable, or you'll have Maximum Fun, or Gimlet, or Crooked Media. Uh, and these are professional podcast outfits. And a lot of them, I'm not knocking them, a lot of them are great. I personally love Gimlet, and I love The Incomparable. But, all of these are, to a point, backed up by sponsorship, and they're backed up by adverts. So it gets to the point where the the companies that sponsor them know exactly who they're reaching out to. And right now, the dog is still wagging the tail. But eventually, you have to start thinking about, well, these voices that I trust are trying to sell me something. Is it their voice or is it the voice of the company that sponsors them? Yeah. And that's true of all entertainment that is provided by advertising or sponsorship, of course, but with podcasting, because it's that little bit more intimate, it's something coming directly into your ears as you're walking home, it's that little bit more insidious. Mm. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. I can't explain it myself. Someday we're going to do a podcast about true crime podcasts. Yeah. Podcast. But it's actually horrible to listen to these things. I, don't, I have no idea why I find it so interesting. But... Is it a coincidence that every once in a while, in these true crime, crime podcasts, they have advertisements for home security systems? <laughs> wow, what a coincidence. The marketers know very well what, uh, what, what their audience is listening to and when you're most vulnerable. 
Now, some of these people who are sponsored by uh, ads, they take it as a joke. I listen to something called Behind the Bastards, where they talk about some of the worst people ever in history, and they make fun of the fact that they're marketing things. So they're talking about Hitler, and they say, oh, and now here's a word from head and shoulders. Hitler didn't have dandruff? Or, you know, that kind of, or maybe he did, I don't know, because he didn't use head and shoulders. So they can make fun of it. That's going to disappear eventually if yeah. this trend continues, and if, and if the people who only see dollar signs in front of their eyes all the time take this as an indication of this is another area that we can um, pillage uh, and, and, and rip out as much of it as we can. We've got five minutes left. Well, um, I think that's all I really wanted to say. I think, I think we're there. We had five minutes left over, but I mean, that's, that's okay. We can take some questions. I mean, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I think we've pretty much covered it, actually. I mean, I'm hoping we have some cards to give out if anybody's interested in checking out our podcast. As with most academic things, not every single episode is going to appeal to every single person. But there should be, both in our archive of 35 episodes so far and the ones to come, there should be episodes that will appeal to what you're interested in. Yes. So it's the perfect podcast to go in and, and dip, basically. Oh, look, there's something about... Conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. Or, like we said, zombies. Or, yeah. uh, why are uh, villains so popular? Why are they... If, I don't know if you have any uh, small children, but my kid, when he's small, always liked the bad guys more than the good guys. And there's probably a reason for that. They're more dynamic. Yeah. They're, they're fighting against the status quo. There are lots of... And we, we have an episode about this. Um, and, uh, since uh, I believe in the concept of the web 2.0, the collective hive, you guys have any ideas? Send us an email. Yeah. We're always interested in new ideas, stuff that we can uh, we can base a podcast on. Yeah. And we have a, a Facebook group, which is also there I think it's on here on yeah. the card. So, uh, and it's just if you're on Facebook, you can always ask for admission. We'll let you in. And any news or any links, we send them out fairly regularly. We have an infographic also on the Twitter feed and on the Facebook, which gives a lot of the details that we didn't want to go into today about the demographics and the spread between men and women who listen to the podcast, where they listen to it, how they listen to it. That's all on the Twitter feed and on the Facebook page. But I think we're going to have to wrap it up, right? Yeah. More or less? Um, 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 I can tell you a joke <laughs> if you want. We went to go see a pirate movie the other day, but I couldn't get in because my son was too young. Oh. You know why? Yes. Why? It was rated R. Okay. And this is why we're not a comedy That's why we're not a comedy group, no. All right, well, unless there are any questions, if anybody has any questions or any comments. No, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very so much for uh, listening to us so patiently. Thank you, uh, Vietnamscops Festival, for letting us uh, do this presentation. Oh, yeah, game over. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, and uh, we hope maybe come back next year with more information, uh, more exciting stuff to talk to you about with the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. Vi skulle verkligen se fram emot och eh, som ett litet tack och kanske som ett minne för er så eh, ska ni få ett diplom. Oh, wow. Oh, tack. Wow. tack för att du gör vetenskapsfestivalen möjlig. Det gör ni. Oh wow, thanks. Så. That's so So there you go. That was our episode from the Science Festival. Uh, not an awful lot of new stuff there, but it's a nice compact summary of uh, how we view things. And also, there is stuff about podcasting there, I, I guess, that we haven't really laid explicit, but it is a good mission statement. Absolutely. Uh, there's a, not many show notes uh, attached to this particular episode, but we will uh, link to the infographic that we refer to in the, uh, in the talk. 
Absolutely. So that's it from us for this time. Uh, you can expect uh, a regular, uh, ordinary podcast uh, within the next two weeks. And we're going to try to get back to our regular twice week, no, bi-weekly schedule, once twice weekly or once every two week schedule. Once, twice, three times a week. Three times a week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.